Welcome to Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a pint. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Craft Beer Cellar, family of retail craft beer stores. They're focused on amazing beer, hospitality, education. They have 23 locations across 11 states. And you can find them at Craft Beer Cellar, that's C-E-L-L-A-R, craftbeercellar.com. See where the locations are. And um, next week, we will be giving away a $25 gift card to the Craft Beer Cellar. Um, Brian is going to tell you how you're going to win it in a second. But uh, go to their website and check out their stuff, especially their Beer of the Month Club, which I got to sign up for. I haven't done that yet. Craft Beer Cellar, the official sponsor. A pub theology life. Absolutely. Thank you, Ogan. You can win that free beer by joining our conversation. You can do that on Twitter, following us at Pub Theology and using hashtag PT Live or on Facebook. Comment at Facebook.com slash pub theology. Best comments of the month. And yes, this is our last show of the month. We'll be in the running to win a $25 gift certificate from Craft Beer Cellar. You can comment anytime uh, while it's still the month of March. So if you're listening to us later on the podcast, you may still comment uh, on social media and that will get in the mix for the free beer. You quick can question. watch. Yes, quick please. Question. Quick question. Quick question. Um, we are we are streaming for the first time via or the Pub Theology Google Plus page. Can people comment there too? Or what do you think? I have no idea. Uh, let's let's, yeah. say, let's let's say yes. Yeah. So so yes. Yeah, comment on the Pub Theology Google Plus page. The important thing is, no matter where you comment, you have to use the hashtag PT Live, so we can we can find your find your comments related to the show. Good. Add that in. Google Plus users, welcome. I the, all three of you. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, you can watch uh, Pub Theology Live on Tuesdays live at 9 p.m. And when you tune in live on Tuesday, you actually get to watch us. You don't just get to listen. You get to see us, get facial expressions, see what we're drinking and or eating. So it's worth it. And there's two people seeing all that right now. So we welcome the two, <laughs> we welcome the two special magic viewers. Um, and, and also, if you tune in to the, uh, the webcast, um, on Tuesday nights, a little bit early, we actually go live a few minutes before nine, and then more often than not, we'll hang out after the official hour is over and have some more fun discussion where Brian really lets his curls down and, <laughs> and exactly. really, really lets it out. So, yeah, you, you, you want to tune in on Tuesday night. That's that's where the fun happens. The pre-show and the post-show, uh, you know, come for the beer, stay for the post-show. You know, something like that. What do you call it? Extra sips. Uh, yes, we call we call. So if you list, if you follow us, you can hear us on uh, SoundCloud. You can hear us on Stitcher, any of those uh, podcast mediums. And I will I'll I'll share a few moments of the pre and post show um, in what I like to call now uh, extra sips. So Ooh, that's what those are. Oh, we ought to trademark that. There you go, trademark. Yes. All right. Well, tonight we are discussing the resurrection 
and the curious fact that in the earliest gospel we have, Jesus does not make an appearance on Easter morning. So we're going to explore that a little bit. Uh, What is that about? We'll also talk about the most unusual jobs we've ever had, the role of work uh, in terms of self-identity, how we think about ourselves. And uh, if there's time, we'll talk about a few other things along the way. Uh, Like if you could travel in time and kill Hitler as a baby, would you do it? I know that's on everyone's mind this week. So actually, I have no idea if that is. I hope that's not on anyone's mind, but we may get to that. Uh, makes me makes me a little scared, but wondering what's on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, let's cut that from the podcast. And uh, yeah, what are we drinking tonight, friends? Well, um, for those of us watching, um, we noticed that Tina and I are actually in the same physical space. Uh, she's up here in Newburyport, Massachusetts, and I'm I'm Reverend Ogan Holder, by the way. I'm the minister of Uni on the River here uh, in Amesbury, Mass., but I live in Newburyport, the town over. And tonight I am drinking um, this fine brew. It's called Welcome Respite by the Down the Road Beer Company. And here's a fun story about this. Um, This is bottle 94 of 100 made. There are only 100 of these made. And I went to my local uh, craft beer seller store in Amesbury and and I had a $25 gift card, this, uh, one of the perks of their sponsorship. Um, and I walked in with the intention of buying a few bottles of beer for 25 bucks. And I said to the guy, hey, you have any specials? And he said, as a matter of fact, we do. And he showed me this number. And I said, I'll take it. How much is it? $26.50, my friend. $26.50 for this bottle of beer. My $25 gift card couldn't what? cover it. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. It. How many ounces is this? I don't know that it says. It's a pint. It's a. I just spent twenty six dollars <laughs> of beer, Woo. but right. But it's one of a hundred, so I feel special. And um, I, I special. I feel special that he's sharing it with me. <laughs> well, they said it was a shareable, but it's only a pint, so I don't what, know. What's the What's the ABV on that one? Like the uh, alcohol by volume? Um, um, you know, you it's ten percent or more. It doesn't have to Legally, say. Legally, it has to say. Well, they're breaking the law because I can't find it anywhere. That's it's, sometimes That's it's like fine print. You okay, know. Don't judge me and say on me. You find. <laughs> well, like I'm uh, not live in Massachusetts. I'm live from Michigan, and I'm drinking a uh, Saugatuck Brew here. Uh, That's where I just came from, Saugatuck Brewing. Uh, got a Starburst Wheat here. What is favorite that? of mine? I've been, I've been running this one the last few weeks. I think it was Starburst Wheat. It's a Hoppy wheat beer with a zing. I'm not into hoppy beers. This one is this one is nice. It's got a nice caramelly color, nice little malty um, uh, taste to it. It's it's nice. Y'all know how much I hate saying this, but Ogan's right. So, is there like different laws in Massachusetts that if you don't cross borders, you don't have to put the APV on it? APV on it. I think that's a national standard. I agree. So well, I'm just curious. Well, I'm thinking because this is like a special batch, maybe that. I don't know. Uh, no, but yeah, sometimes they'll do like a special imprint. Maybe they just forgot with bottle 94. I think so. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not. Actually, maybe it's 9.4. That might be the number. But can I say I'm drinking the same thing as Ogan tonight? Yeah, we're but I have a crystal glass. That is how classy I am. That's how cool that's, I am. No, that's how classy yeah, I am. It's doubts. my mug. We had no doubts about Tina's class. Uh, Ogan, <laughs> on the other hand. Yeah, no doubt about Tina's what? What was that word? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> We had no doubts about her class or her beer gla- or her beer glass. Another okay. another thing about if you watch the actual um, video, 
you may get to see me knock Ogan off his chair tonight. That would be really cool. Or Tina fall off hers because she's. <laughs> so we're not just sharing this beer. We are also about a bottle of wine in because we cook dinner and and oh boy, knock the really nice Pinot Noir back. Um, so these videos are actually gonna probably stay now that we're using the Pub Theology Live Google Plus page. They'll just probably stay there and. I'm yeah. sure we got a YouTube channel as well. So uh, we're going to keep the videos up. We're going to keep them public so you can tune in anytime. But again, since we are on, uh, we're a podcast and so you can download it, listen in your car anytime you want. Um, yeah. But that's got to be a long car ride, you know, like, you know, you're working through your, your news, your music. What do we have left? Pub Theology Live? Uh, I don't know. Are we there yet? <laughs> Third place in the listener's choice. <laughs> All right, so uh, how was your Easter? Uh, any any candy or food that you recommend, or anything meaningful happen in a Easter worship service? She's still looking for the ABV. Like she doesn't believe that it's not there. What? Yeah, yeah we're moving on. I am carrying on, but she's still trying to prove me wrong. How was your um, Easter, Ogan? Um, so uh, at my church, we had. It was one of those days where because it's Easter and we have more people, you know, the Easter Christmas crowd of folks, um, we had two services. So I had to wake up extra early Easter morning, like before the sun was up. That was that was tough for me because I'm not a morning person. But we had two services. Uh, it was absolutely great. Full house both times. The uh, the band, the band was crackling. I said the band is crackling like a fresh, a fresh um, uh, rasher of bacon and a hot skillet. The the band was the band was hot. Uh, it had sax player, full and choir was choir was rocking it. Um, if you're ever interested, um, if you go to unityontheriver.org, um, there's a tab for uh, our live stream and archive videos. You can you can check those out. Um, but other than but after that, like uh, my daughter and I came home and we like napped for like three hours because we had a long day long morning uh with that so we we just napped and then woke up and went to dinner we went to get chinese like it was christmas time it was it was quite exactly fascinating um but um in terms of uh food and 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 candy not not a lot of that this easter i think she's kind of gotten out of the well she's 15 she'll eat candy anytime uh she'll eat chocolate anytime but not we didn't have any easter rabbits to eat or anything like like that so just uh but but it was it was good good time how about you tina um well my my boys uh spend holidays with their father so i gave them their their candy and i'm a big one on healthy living um clean living healthy living Didn't yeah. you have a ch- cheeseburger for lunch what are you talking about dude back off that's only when i'm hanging out with you <laughs> oh anyhow it's my fault it's, it's always when fun. you fall off the wagon anyhow um so for Easter, I just got them. I have two teenage boys. So I just got them. Um, I got them a little pack of Cadbury eggs, but they're like the mini eggs. And they, it looks like a little dozen eggs in a cart. And it was cute. And then four um, little peanut butter eggs or peanut butter bunnies. So my my 17-year-old, who is very quiet, very introverted, but he, the biggest um, sarcastic person world um <laughs> I give after it, his mother very much so i'm so proud of him he, i give it to him and he goes oh mom thank you so much i always wanted diabetes for easter yeah i mean he's laughing when he said it. it was it was cool i was like wow they're actually listening to me 
But um, but Easter Day, like I um, I didn't go to church this year. Um, I I've been spending holidays with my mom. She's sick, so I like to spend time with her. Um, so I actually just went down to the creek behind her house, and I kind of had my own little, um, you know, personal little service. Well done, well done. I like that. You know what? We should have your boys on for Mother's Day. When is Mother's oh Day? Oh my gosh, May, right? let's do it. They That's would in, love it. In May? Middle That's of May. May. Yeah. yeah. So you should have them on uh, for Mother's Day. Oh and yeah. When it's Father's Day, we'll Brian, you and I will have our kids on. That would exactly. be a lot. How was your Easter? It was nice. It was nice. We uh, oh, went oh, to the a, video of the Easter egg hunt, Brian. That was pretty did, cool. Did you see that? <laughs> Did you yeah, take? We, did you did you take him to the Pez the Pez Easter egg hunt where all the parents were storming the field? Did you hear about this? No. Why don't I give my update and then you tell me about the Pez? Nice, nice redirect. <laughs> I appreciate see that. Okay. See, see what I did there? You're learning. Um, so uh, yeah, we had a nice Easter. You know, we had a nice uh, went to a local church here and had a nice service and even got an Easter family photo. Uh, and then afterwards, we did a little. Easter egg hunt. I've got four kids uh, for those tuning in uh, for the first time. God bless you. Oldest is 12, and then we've got 11, 9, and 7. Three boys and a girl at the bottom, but none are too old to race around the yard looking for Easter eggs with candy in it. So That's awesome. You know, we hit about 20 eggs in the backyard and uh, said go, and they had a blast. It was fun. I I think they're going to be graduating from high school before they're too old for that. Exactly. (laughs) You don't know. Exactly. And grandma had a, a chocolate rabbit for them later in the day. So it, it all, all turned out. Nice. So, so this made, this made national news. The, you know, the Pez company that does the, you know, Pez candy, they decided to have a massive like Easter egg hunt. So, you know, wherever they're located, big old field, 9,000 eggs were hid. And it was supposed to be for the kids. The parents went wild lost their ever-loving minds, and the parents started, like, pushing each other around, pushing kids, stealing candy from kids' baskets, trampling kids. It was it was horrible. And I don't – I don't. So, sometimes I worry about adults and, and their judgment. I actually heard that about the Jersey Shore, too. Like, they had this huge Easter egg hunt, and they were very adamant. Every few minutes, they'd say, the parents are not allowed inside, the parents are not allowed – Parents go inside like the parents act worse than the children do. Yes, yes, they do. It's kind of it's kind of scary, and I don't. I'm not sure what is the motivate. It's this. I think this energy of what well, I think it stems from an energy an, an energy of lack and an, uh, a consciousness of there's not enough or win at all costs or, or win at all costs. And I'm like, if you're a grown person and you feel the need that you need to rush onto a field to get Easter eggs. And you think you're doing it for your kid to make your kid happy and make an other They're all kids. Trump supporters. Oh, dude. Whoa. That's sorry. No. Sorry, guys. That's after show material. Calm down. Calm Easy. down. Calm down. Let's not, not make assumptions. She speaks for herself. <laughs> we do not. We do. We are not condoning, supporting. Or, or non-condoning. Or non-condoning or not supporting any particular party here. Ogan's going to shut off my mic before the evening. I, prob- I probably am. If you're saying- but did any of you see my uh, banana rabbit that I posted? Mm-hmm. I, I missed that. What? I did. Banana it, rabbit look, what? It was a banana with a little rabbit head on it. And he was oh, like. Hold that mic close to your face. It was, it, was the, it was a banana with the head of my chocolate rabbit on it. Now you have to tweet it. Is that? It's a lot like Taco Cat, only a banana. <laughs> 
chocolate with a rabbit? It sounded like Puppy Monkey Baby, which... Stop I, bringing I, up I, Puppy no, Monkey Baby. Yes, that's no. It's a different world. I still have nightmares about. <sighs> Maybe we should get on with Taco the Cat and Banana... Maybe Banana she, Bunny were cool things, and you're just destroying them with the whole reference. Yeah, don't come get on. on with the show. Show. What are so, we talking about tonight? Get on with the show. So, uh, as we noted in the intro, the end of Mark's gospel, the Gospel of Mark, which is in fact the earliest gospel uh, written per all biblical scholars, that describes the response of the women to the empty tomb. And here I'll quote: It says, "And they went out and fled from the tomb." For trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing. And seen. Seen. And there's no there's no Jesus appearing glowing white. There's no touch, see my hands where there's the mark. There's none no Jesus does not appear. There's an empty tomb and a fr- women who are afraid and said nothing. Okay. Not the not the Easter story we typically hear, and I'm just wondering, what do you think about that? Is there any significance that that's the earliest gospel we have? So, so what we know is that yes, Mark is the earliest gospel. We know the other gospels uh, copied from Mark, but they also copied from another um, alleged source, the Q, the Q source. Um, well, uh, right. So. Um, and I don't know, um, it's a skipping me right now, we don't know that the Q source may have predated Mark or postdated Mark. Right. Uh, so we don't know anything about that. Um, but it is fascinating because it does call to question um, when you read Matthew and Luke and John, did they pull information from that Q source of Jesus's appearances, especially his to Mary Magdalene and to the other disciples, or um, were those necessarily added as, let's say, um, extemporaneously kind of adding some 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 extra extra beef to the story um, by by the writers of those gospels, and maybe those appearances didn't happen. I I don't know. I, I don't know if it's necessarily adding beef to the story, but um, and I just posted this on Facebook this week. It, it's something that um, kind of intrigues me. Is that it's not necessarily like mystery happens. We see mystery all around us and we fill in what we know. Like we fill in the gaps of mystery with what we know. So we also fill in with what we don't know. We, we fill in, we don't fill in what we know. What we know is what we know. What we I think, think we, should, it should we, look we like. We fill in the empty spaces. Yeah. With, with what we think it should look like. So it's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that they were intentionally sensationalizing for a story, but they were trying to make sense of what happened. And, and, you know, that, that leads us, you you know, me, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question of what he wants to ask, which is, you know, are we, did the, and I think Brian, this is kind of what you're alluding to in terms of the fact that there was no mention of any appearances or so on, you know, did the resurrection literally happen? Um, or, or was there some other um, happening? Did was the body was the body taken? Was you know there are all these questions out there around this? And I know in the in the Christian story, you know this crucifixion resurrection story is probably the most integral part of the Christian experience. After, you know, right right after some would say before, but also right after Jesus's birth. Um, so. Absolutely. 
so yeah so it's 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 that question uh, of that so but let's assume that it happened do we do we want to go with that assumption or or do we want to really delve into the maybe it didn't happen i want to hear what brian has to say about the whole women's response before we question that. yeah yeah that's that's good tina maybe let's explore that a little bit try to put ourselves into uh that easter morning narrative and if we were showing up uh, expecting to give um burial spices and you know sort of um honor the body of jesus at the tomb and you get there and it's open and there's no one there and at least jesus isn't there his dead body is not there and there's a young man i think mark says a young man i'm not even sure mark says angel specifically the other gospels will say there was either one or two angels in Mark's gospel, I believe there's a young man um, and who, what, said, who tells them that he's not here. He is risen, as he said. So the, the talk of Jesus rising is in Mark's gospel. We just don't see Jesus appearing himself. But then the interesting thing is he tells them he's going ahead of you in Galilee, or you'll see him in Galilee. Well, the other gospels have, which is a long, you know, a long ways away in those days from Jerusalem. Right. And in the other gospels, he shows up to them in Jerusalem. Yeah. So that's interesting. But there, right, it says trembling and astonishment had seized them, right? It's like, I mean, how many things are going through their mind? As Ogan said, did someone steal the body? Did something else happen? Is it possible he's actually not dead? Um, You know, I think all those thoughts and more are swirling in their minds. And I can get that they'd be afraid because if they say something and it's the wrong thing, will will they be in trouble? They are women. And women. A, yeah. They're women in a patriarchal society. So they're probably worried about their own welfare. There's a lot of things happening. I think it was um, very poignant and symbolic that it was women. It was women who first went to the tomb. Um, so in, in, in unity, when we, when we interpret things metaphysically, yes, that's my dog barking in the background because yes, that's my child coming home. Um, so hey, Joy, hey, she's here. Um, so I think it it's very symbolic and important that it was women to whom he appeared to first and spoke to. Um, when we when we do a metaphysical interpretation like we like to do in Unity, women represent uh, intuition, and Mary Magdalene specifically represents that idea of uh strength of strength of consciousness so when we look at it from that perspective it's like how do we experience the divine more often than not we first really experience it or have to fully experience it through our intuition through our feeling nature and it takes a strength of consciousness in order to really live that um in our everyday lives so i don't i don't i don't think it was accidental and when we read the gospels we don't hear a lot of mention of the women who supported Jesus in his ministry, but we know that they did because it's patriarchal. The, the gospels were written by men as far as we know. Um, and, and women weren't seen as equals. So <laughs> this is the fun job of doing a podcast out of your home. When you have your daughter showing up, uh, <laughs> you know, and making a lot of noise. Anyways, feel better my daughter just peeked from around the corner and uh she's i think half the age of your daughter and probably oh. should be in bed but she did it quietly that's she did do it quietly 
Mine is creating all kinds of ruckus. She's a teenager. Um, so uh, she's got a point. She's got a point. We are live. Move on. Just go. Go. Oh, my Lord. Wow. And, and you were Prepare saying yourself. something really profound there. Ogan. Prepare yourself, Brian. It's coming. And it's coming for you four times. So, no, uh, no. He's only so got one daughter. You. He's got four kids. It's going to come. Teenage years. Anyways. So so all I'm saying is all I'm, all I'm saying is is that um, I don't even know what I was saying now. Yes. The women. We're talking about yeah, the, the yeah. significance of the women and the metaphysical. So the women were the true, I think, supporters and followers and the strength of Jesus's ministry that we don't hear a lot about. But aren't they always aren't they the silent supporters that. They, they don't need to be seen. They just kind of support people and uplift them. And Yeah, and arguably, you know, stronger than men. I, I'll, I'll say it. It's not arguably. It's- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Throw her bone and she picks it up. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it is really interesting to think about um, the discrepancies, uh, you know, between the gospel accounts, so Mark does not have Jesus appear, and it's said that if he, if and when he does appear, it will be in Galilee, and in the other gospels he does appear, but it's initially in Jerusalem where they are after, because of Passover and the crucifixion just happened there in Jerusalem, and uh, I believe well, when they're behind closed doors uh, and Jesus shows up, that's in Jerusalem, so I think the whole Doubting Thomas story happens in Jerusalem, and that's the latest gospel. But in the earliest gospel, there's no mention that Jesus is going to even be in Jerusalem. So here's my here's my best guess. I think a lot of that of the later gospels, um, in terms of it being in Jerusalem, when you look at the motivation behind the authors of the gospels, um, a lot of them were trying to convince, um, some of them were trying to convince Jews that Jesus was this Messiah for which they were waiting. And it wasn't uh, supposed to be a political, but a spiritual Messiah. And if and part of that convincing story was making Jerusalem, you know, the, the center of right. everything. Right. Um, so I, I think that was, that was part of the, the, uh, the, the inspiration or rather the, uh, the, incentive, the, the incentive, the motive to convince people, uh, the the writers, to make things like that happen in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah, when you read Mark, Mark is a very short gospel, and it doesn't it doesn't right. do a lot of elaboration of story because I think by this point in time, um, or when Mark was writing, it was more about relating here's what happened and the other gospels were like here's what happened but we're going to throw in some other stuff to kind of uh make or point about about different things john john was about trying to convince people that or the readers that yes jesus was not just the son of god but more than that god incarnate you know luke's luke's motivation was trying to convince people that jesus was here for for not just jews but gentiles the outcasts he was right you know the 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 social, the social activist, if you will, and Matthew's uh, motivation, I think, was trying to convince um, uh, the Jewish people at the time that, yeah, this is the Messiah you were waiting for, and 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 Jewish, uh, the Jewish prophecies from before was was like, yeah, this is you know, this is not this is not who we are waiting for. This is not the political Messiah that will liberate us. So, so what you, what you're saying is Mark was more factual, and the rest were more marketing. Um, well, I want to go I mean, with, I think, go ahead, Brian. 
Well, I think they all had, you know, they all had an agenda that they were, uh, and, and not, not saying, not using that word necessarily pejoratively or, or negatively, but they all had their own motivation in what they were writing. Um, I think some will say, well, because Mark was the earliest, maybe it's the most unvarnished or, uh, less theologized, uh, you might say. And there might be something to that. Uh, interestingly, there is a, an ending to Mark's, uh, an added ending, which uh, the earliest manuscripts don't have. And it's got these really interesting, very brief um, appearances of Jesus. I'll just run through these real quick. Um, so this is uh, Mark 16, 9 to 20, which most consider not part of the original Gospel of Mark. Uh, verse 9 says, When Jesus arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Then it says, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. And then it says, later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. So it's like these really like bullet point, bing, bing, bing. He appeared here, here, there, boom, boom, boom. So see, he did, you know, he did show up and he did have these encounters with uh, Mary and, and the other disciples. But it's very different than the more, extended stories we get in the other gospel accounts. I think, I think Mark's gospel was more about, you know, just the facts, ma'am. And the other gospels were like, let's weave a magical story. Let's, let's tell a tale. Is that kind of what I said? Wow. Magical. I don't know. I I wasn't listening. Hey, Brian, in a future episode, I know this is like more after talk. Can we talk about Mary Magdalene in detail? Yes, please. I think uh, that'd be great. In the Bible. That'd be great. That is definitely so. Okay. All right. Carry so, on. so Mary Magdalene fans, stay tuned to a future episode. Yeah. So, so um, I, I I like this other question you have. How do you think you might have responded? How do you think we might have responded if we were there and found an empty tomb? Yes. Um, that'd be that'd be interesting because I think the, I think the cynical conspiracy theorist of me would not have gone with he was risen. It would have gone with who some, took him. <laughs> some well, right, who took him? Like right. like where is he? And it's interesting because if you read the gospels, like he was put in the tomb, the stone was rolled, and then they also put Roman guards to protect the tomb because, you know, there was that whole idea of somebody might take this body to create a resurrection story. So they put the guards. But when you read about it, you know, here come the women. Here come the empty tomb. Where are the guards? There's no mention of the guards. Like, what what happened to the guards in the middle of the night? We don't know. Totally. Yeah, you'd have. Yeah, I think you'd have so many questions, and I don't think anyone's first thought is, "Oh, well, obviously he's alive again." Right. Yeah. And because we know the women were the ones who stayed with him through the end of the crucifixion, whereas the men disciples fled. Uh, so they they saw the the, the grisly reality. Yeah, so, I, I'm not going to point anything out in that story right there. So let's let's get let's no commentary get, needed. <laughs> so let's get personal. Do you, Brian, Brian, do you believe the resurrection? Do you believe that happened? Do you believe Jesus bodily resurrected from his death? Yeah, let's. Yeah, we're going there. Let's go there. What do you wow, think? Oh, it's a good thing this isn't live or publicly <laughs> accessible in any way. I'm, Nothing I'm, incriminating can ever happen here. Hogan's your friend. Now, now let's let's put our disclaimer that anything we say here is subject to change. We can change our minds later about anything we said. There's so such generosity here. I love it. Right, right. I'm, I'm putting I'm putting you on the spot. I'll, I'll this is a welcome space for all perspectives. 
there, there you go. Where, where are you with this? Well, it's a great question. You know, I mean, I grew up in the church, grew up going to Sunday school, uh, hearing Easter sermons. I was born on Easter Sunday, you know, so. You were? Was it your birthday? Was yep. this- I didn't even get started. Last week you told me it was out of context. <laughs> it was. And, in fact, tomorrow is my birthday. So oh, Happy birthday. You know. Thank you. Oh, so it happened to fall. So when when you were born, it happened to be an Easter Sunday when on that day you were born. That's right. That's so right. Are you, are you, are I, you? I interrupted an an Easter sermon. My first <laughs> my first act in this world. Wait, wait, so wait! I told you something right there. Are, are you the resurrected Christ? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Oh man. All right. No comment. I'm just deflecting here, obviously. But so, I mean, without thinking about it as a kid, it's like, of course, Jesus was raised from the dead. I mean, that, why else would we be talking about this? Um, and I think I just had this sort of childlike trust that, well, yeah, that's what the Bible says. And the Bible wouldn't tell me wrong. And all these people I know and trust are telling me that's what happened. So obviously that's what happened. And I think as I've, as I've explored, um, my faith as it's grown, as I've explored the gospel narratives, which really are the basis for which we would even say this and learning that, Oh, there's four different gospels written at four different times by four different authors and or author communities. And at the earliest one we have, Jesus doesn't even show up. That at least has to give you pause to say, well, do we know for sure this happened? We don't know for sure it happened. It is a statement of faith to say that it did happen um, so, you know, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm agnostic about if we'd have had a video camera there in Jerusalem at the tomb, would we have seen angels or magic rolling a stone away? Would we have seen a dead body float through, uh, the shroud or the burial wrappings or would he, would we have seen a dead body just sit up? I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, and there are other questions that come into play. Well, if he did rise and then he's walking around for 40 days in this new body and then he ascends into heaven, does he blast off like a rocket ship? You know, where does he go? Is that like the fourth or fifth dimension? And Was, does he have enough, does he have enough rocket boosters to leave earth's orbit? And after that, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of like troubling questions that come if you're going to hold to a literal, physical liber- uh, resurrection, literal resurrection. So I, I'm I'm leaning more towards a figurative, um, mystical, that God, when it says God raised him to his right hand, I think, yeah, there could be a spiritual level at which Jesus was raised to God's right hand in which death is not the end. But I, I struggle with the story. Brian, Brian, I have to ask you, though, I mean, when it all comes down to it, does it matter? Does it change his message, whether he physically rose again? Does it change what he taught us? It doesn't change his message, but it it changes the whole um, story of Christianity as as a movement, as as a religion. Because right. only only the direction Christianity has changed. I mean, has taken right not. Yes. I mean, in, in my neck of the woods, in, let's just say, conservative, Bible-believing Western Michigan, where I live, people would say, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then this is all 
garbage. None of it means none of it means anything. Is what they would say. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Whereas I, I I would say as you do, like, what about Jesus' whole life and teaching, and embodying God's love, um, declaring God's kingdom, and then modeling for us what that looks like in engaging the poor, the marginalized, the non-included, and calling out uh, justice for those who are abusing power and privilege. I think that matters deeply. And we and fashioning whips by hand. Yeah. You, <laughs> yes. you can't talk about the whipping. Let's not forget that. Ogan, what about you? Well, I, I mean, no, I don't I don't I don't believe that there was a physical uh resurrection. Um I I truly believe that this was a um a story that was um was created as part of like an after um, an afterthought um, justification for his crucifixion and a continuing of the the narrative that made the this burgeoning movement um, and given it life um, so again um, I'll go back to where we stand in unity which is you know that metaphysical interpretation which is not worrying or or stressing or needing to have definitive proof of a literal interpretation so even if he didn't literally rise there was a story about a resurrection and for me the and and in unity this crucifixion resurrection story uh represents this idea of um um letting go those those human egoic elements of us that would tell us we're anything less than divine and then embracing those divine elements of us and living from that place so every time we choose to live from love instead of fear or we choose to be compassionate instead of self-centered we have had a uh, crucifixion resurrection experience in and of ourselves so again that's that's a reflection of where we are but if you're asking me do i believe that there was a bodily resurrection um no i don't believe that now does me not believe in that means it didn't happen 2000 years ago i wasn't there i don't know where people were i don't know the things that happened um i don't know if any of those stories that are related in the gospels did or didn't happen i wasn't there jesus wasn't the only one who healed people in in when you look at uh when you think about jewish folklore and tradition and the stories that were told um are not told in the bible when you when you read other literature there were other people besides jesus who were healers there were people who were fakers and charlatans but there were other people who did who reportedly did miraculous works as well so i'm not saying it happened or didn't happen um i my personal belief as i like to call myself an optimistic cynic and a you know skeptical believer that that you know maybe it if I, if I call myself that, I'll have to say, yeah, I don't believe it actually happened. But that doesn't mean it didn't. My my place is literal, believing in the literal resurrection does not impact my understanding and belief of myself as a divine um, um, representation or divine expression of God. So I can still feel that way about myself. I can still believe that the fullness of God's divineness is is in me, as me, through me, 
whether the resurrection literally happened or not. Wait, can I can I back you up for a second, Brian? Please, do you mind? Please do. Um, because this may be a question for another day. But um, you said that. Then like, why are you asking it now? Is for another day? Because I'm bringing it up. Okay. Because oh. Brian's gonna remember. Um, so you said that Jesus wasn't the only healer of the time. Doesn't that bring you to modern day times? Aren't there healers today? I mean, are we so skeptical that we don't believe in oh, no. healing? There are a uh, great example. John of God in Brazil. You guys know about John of God? No, no. John of God is this guy in Brazil who is he's, he's alive right now. Thousands of people go to see him every year. He is a healer. Like I know a woman who had cancer he she went to him and you know he does this weird thing called psychic surgery uh i can't even begin to describe it but he basically took the cancer out of her body um he does he is a bona fide mystical healer and when i say mystical there've actually been um uh people who go to him can report of actual mystical healings that that out picture as physical he heals them of diseases and it's fascinating because the brazilian government won't officially endorse him but they also don't um they also discount don't him. discount him as well because of all the uh all the people that come to see him and help boost their economy but they yeah. are healers in this world who do things like that anyone who is really uh, a bona fide reiki practitioner for example they're people who've had who've had um literal healing experiences um clearing up of illnesses through uh people who practice reiki so so that okay. happens so there you go brian future question um let's discuss modern day healers noted <laughs> all right let's move on <laughs> well done well done uh on on um twitter the Arlington Presbyterian Church Young Adults, uh, in response to why do you think Mark has the gospel ending with these women um, leaving afraid and silent, they said, I think it's because it's trying to spur us to share the story ourselves and not to stay silent when we are afraid. Oh, I so like that. Nice. I like that a lot. So thank you, AP Young Adults, for tuning in and responding. Yeah, and I and, and I think that's we, we're in an interesting time where, um, you know, many some of us I wouldn't say many some of us, regardless of where we fall on this spectrum of believing or the Christian spectrum, um, be, because of um, the sometimes um, um, response we get when we say we are Christians or believers or we are spiritual, whatever it is. Um, we, we tend to stay silent. Um, you know, when we look at the research and the fastest growing movement is... These I'm sorry, I don't think Christians are silent. Just saying. No, I, I disagree. I think many of them are. I think we do hear uh, a lot and, and from, you know, maybe the evangelical right, but they're very progressive, left-leaning Christians who are not overtly verbal about their belief system. And when you look at millennials, you know, yes, the, the fastest growing movement or the largest movement is the spiritual non-religious or those, you know, we call them the nuns, but they're, but those are only a third. There are many people who are Christian, who are believers. And at the same time, they're not very vocal about their belief and their spirituality for, for fear of being ridiculed, rejected. This is 2016. How, how dare you believe in, 
something archaic like like a god you know i completely disagree with you i think the people that believe that are are the the hardcore christians are the ones that are the most vocal yeah but but they're the but but hardcore christians are not the only christians out there you know there there are other people who are believers who show up in their workplace every day or who are not talking about their that's because they're belief. thinkers they're not talkers no that's because they don't want to become those who are laughed at do you think i i think so i, I think, think they're so. just the people that live in the question so they're not so steadfast that they can declare their their answer as absolute Right, and I and I find myself more in that place of uh, of of question. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that has a hope that uh, yes, you know, these stories are true and and happened. And then there's a part of me that, uh, as Ogan said, is perhaps a little bit more skeptical that wonders. Uh, but a great response on Twitter to the question of Do you believe the resurrection happened uh, literally, uh, physically? And uh, in a way that was a real resurrected body. Heidi says, yes, because everything is redeemed through Christ, all of creation, the earth, even our physical bodies. And then she followed up that with, yes, because Christ was fully human and fully divine. So you can't make a split between the physical and the spiritual. So well, a, couple of, a couple of good responses there from yeah. Heidi. Thank, thank you, Heidi. But I believe that about every one of us. I don't believe that's that's Jesus was the only one. I don't believe Jesus was ex- the exception. I believe Jesus was the example. I think that's all of us. I think we are all fully human and divine, but we have this divine potential that we are striving to express and striving to uncover. So um, I, I I think part the interesting piece about the traditional Christian story is that that Jesus was the only one who was that fully human, fully divine. What new thought Christianity, people like unity, uh, religious science, uh, divine science, religious science uh, will tell us is that we are all that. We are all fully human, fully divine, but that divine is lying in potential and we have to uh, tap in and express that just as Jesus did. And Jesus himself, when you read the gospel, says these things you will do and greater in saying that this is all this is all what we have in potential as well. We just need to tap into that. And that was a whole journey I think he had with his disciples who were always questioning and always always saying and and you know poor Jesus, bless his heart. He was very patient with these, you know, these 12 ragtag followers and, and probably more and, and, and saying to them like, come on people, this is you as well. And I think they got that. I think they got that, you know, as we talk about what happened after he died, I think they began to really tap into that, you know, after Pentecost, because when you read the acts of the apostles, they're doing these same amazing things. You don't okay, read. I got a problem with you calling the 12 disciples ragtag because they, they picked up their lives and followed him. I don't care what their lives looked like. That takes a lot of faith to pick well, to I'm just not, pick up and go and follow something. I'm not like saying that. not, but they kind of were ragtag before. I mean, we got fishermen. Yeah, they were uh, ragtag. Oh, that is See, so disrespectful. Brian, Brian is agreeing with me. Say that I'm again. Sorry. <laughs> that is disrespectful. I think I think, awesome. I think I think ragtag yeah. is being generous, actually. Thank you. You know what? I am so Thank not on you. the same page with you people. <laughs> I, you I think it's much. all disrespectful. They weren't. They weren't a special bunch of people. He picked. He went. He went to fishermen. And you have all, never all met them. Place. How do you know they weren't special just because so, of their occupation? I want to explore this line of thinking, and I and I 
I hear what you're saying about Jesus being this sort of great example of tapping into uh, a human being, tapping into their divine nature, and that that is something all of us have uh, as beings that are created in God's image, have an opportunity to tap into. My guess, though, in New Thought is that there's not room, though, for a after-you-die physical resurrection that Jesus had or that, like, in 50, 100, or 500 years, Jesus is going to come back and then we're all going to be sort of pulled out of our cemeteries. And Yeah, that's let's, not... Let's, let's do round two, right? I'm guessing that's <laughs> no, no, not... No, no, that's 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 not happening. We don't we don't we don't believe in a literal idea of what you know revelation tells us. Come on, we we all I like I like the idea of a round two though. You know, I think Jesus is going to come back. There'll be trumpets, and then there'll be like the mic that drops down before like. Are you being serious? WWF, right now? like let's get ready to rumble. Nice, you know? nice. Know what I'm saying? Oh, come on. We all know revelation. I think I think if round symbolic. two, if I think if round two came around, nobody would recognize it as what it actually was, and they'd sensationalize it and build whatever story they wanted to afterwards. Anyhow, Ooh, well yeah, color me out. What would the headline say? It might be round two, but what would we call it? <laughs> um, we call I, it season three. And if you're not a subscriber, you probably couldn't even right? get it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> come on. I I I I think anyone who's ever done any monicum of research knows that. Yeah, Revelation is a whole symbolic thing about the Roman Empire. There's, there's not gonna be. Uh, that was kind of condescending, Ogan. The, 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 I'm not being. Con- Listen, whoa, I'm not being condescending. I'm just I'm saying being like, I know any, people that believe it verbatim. Then they have not done any kind of like research into this wonderful Bible that they say they love so much. Okay. And yes, I'm being judgy. I'm being judgy and pointing a finger right now. Uh, oh, oh I, I've got a correction to make here. Uh, I, I misspoke when I said AP Young Adults was Arlington Presbyterian. They're close, but not in Arlington. They're in Burke, Virginia, and they are the Abiding Presence Young Adults from Abiding Presence Lutheran Church in Burke, Virginia. So thank you, friends, for tuning in. My old stomping grounds. I used to I used to live there. I used to live in uh, Springfield, Virginia, and spent some time in Centerville, some, some followers, Virginia apparently. as well. No, they don't know me, but that's I know, I know, I know Burke, Virginia. Well done. Oh, they're following Brian. Still my <laughs> own stomping ground. Hey, Burke, Virginia people. There is there is a Unity Church. There's, there's like a dozen Unity churches in the D.C. area. If you're ever interested, um, in, there is a there's a Christian Reformed Church in uh, Burke, Virginia as well. Just, what, what do you what what? Just letting you know. Gotta, gotta plug you to you. Like, yeah. They're my if, people. I gotta plug them. This is not Ogan's infomercial. <laughs> we no. are happy that any Lutherans or Methodists or Baptists or Jews or Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, if you are tuning in, welcome. We exactly. plug pub theology. I'm just, I'm just saying if they want a firsthand experience. All right, Brian, so, what's the next question? What are we doing? What is our next question? Well, we can uh, go to what's the most unusual job you've ever had, or we can go to if you could go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby, <laughs> would you do it? All right, let's let's do the Hitler thing because she's all excited about that. <laughs> I knew it. Left. I knew it. And like fifty minutes in question two. <laughs> I think we're going from two right to five. Okay, so the New York Times Magazine asked its readers if you could go back in time and kill Hitler. As a baby, would you do it? Understanding that you would alter history, you would potentially 
save the lives of millions and millions of human beings, would you kill that infant child? I want to hear you. Me first. Me first? Yeah, go. Whoa. All right. So uh, I would really struggle with killing any baby, right? Because in the moment you're killing that baby, history has not happened yet. And everything that you think might happen is potential, but not actual. So, you know, if I could be, if I could be a little more, pick an answer, man, pick an answer. If I could do, if I could do this with a little more nuance, what I would do is go back a little bit earlier and prevent Hitler's parents from. Ah, Brian. So that's basically saying yes, you kill, you kill the baby. If you alter someone's history to prevent their birth, does that count as the same as murder? Yeah. Does it? Well, you just a lot. A lot. There's a lot less blood. I'm just saying. Let's that. let's 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 hold on to that because Wait, there. Do I get to answer? We're gonna hold on to that. Go ahead, Ogan. I want to hear you say. I'd say no. I would. I would not do anything differently. Because of what the consequences? No, because of because we would not be where we are now unless what happened in the past happened. And you think we're in a better place now <clears throat> than than when World War Two happened? Absolutely. Because here's here's and and so. I'm not going to compare Hitler to Trump. I'm not doing that right now. I'm not doing that. Let me just start with that. But, but we but, don't endorse any specific no. penalty. <laughs> but, but here's what happened. You know, because of, of how he was, uh, Hitler was able to rally and, and, and cause a movement of, of this darkness, this discrimination, this whatever it was that the Third Reich represented, the rest of the world was able to unite and say, we don't stand for this. And they were able to unite, squelch it, and we were able to evolve as a people. So everyone, and we we see this throughout the millennia, there's always somebody who rises up to be the voice of our darkness. And we all have darkness within us. We all have a dark side, you know, uh, um, uh, Young talked about this, the mask we wear, the dark side of us. Every once, every once in a while in human history and evolution, there's somebody who rises up to represent that. And there's, and he's a charismatic person and he brings followers with him and creates a movement. And, the, and then it's up to the rest of us to say, this is not who we are anymore and to unite and squelch it and to move on. So, so in that regard, you know, I don't think it was about Hitler specifically. If Hitler hadn't been born, there would have been somebody else who rose up to be the voice, the face, the rally cry of 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 this element of us that that was discriminate and and hateful. And, oh, and when, there's no parallel and, there at and all. when that rises up, it's the rest of us that say, "No, this is not who we are, and we are going to speak out against this." And and you know, often it gets worse before it gets better. But it got better. That's why the Third Reich. That's why the Nazis didn't win uh, the the war. Yes, but yes. is the price of six or seven million Jews being killed worth the price of it? It quote unquote getting better. No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was. And and I'll answer that and say no, it wasn't. Yeah. But again, right. if Hitler hadn't been born. There would have been somebody else so uh, in your theory it would have been six to, or seven thousand other other people it would have been yeah, somebody it would this, have been other this, lives this had yes. to come up because this when you look at human history this always happens this always happens there's there is some movement 
or or there's some people who say, you know, we're going to discriminate against others. We're going to hate against others and we're going to rise up and we're going to try to squelch these particular people and and discriminate against them and disen, uh, you know, form this movement of disenfranchisement against them. And then other people are going to say, no, this is not OK. We saw it with World War Two. We saw it with slavery you know, be, be, before that. So you and, think and, good always uh, overcomes? Oh, abso- absolutely. Look at the LGBT movement. I mean, for how many years in this country, in the United States, have uh, folks of LGBT, uh, the LGBT movement, lesbian, gay, transgender, how many of them have been discriminated against? You know, here in North, uh, not here, but in North Carolina, they just passed that horrendous law that, that, says, you know, businesses have a right to discriminate against the LGBT population and people are up in arms. And just recently in Georgia, the governor said, we're not going to pass those laws, you know. So there's always been this balance, this mm-hmm. battle. That, uh, and, and you know, a couple of years ago, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you know what? You know, here we are with the same-sex marriage issue. Now it's now uh, uh, people, regardless of their sexual orientation now, can can be legally married and for a long time that was a battle we fought good will always triumph but it will always get worse before it gets better that's just how totally us, us humans are and i wish we weren't this way but this is how we are i totally agree with, but but i but i kind of agree with like it's it's like the elastic like the the pool gets so so strong until you can finally break through because so at that point i think it's inevitable but to, to go back to hitler as a person as a human being, I wouldn't kill him because I don't think he was born evil. Um, ah. I, I, I talked to a, a friend of mine's son, did a lot of extensive studying on Hitler, and which I like, it's one of those instinctive things. I was like, oh my gosh, what made him like this kind of thing? And, and I have a soft spot for him because he's been pegged as an INFJ, which I am, have tested over the years as. Whoa. Um, not proud of. I know. Doesn't that suck? Um, That's why you're sympathetic towards. I, I am, but I can't believe that somebody like that would would do something because people like us don't. We don't stand up and like rule and and conquer. Like it's it's not the personality what are you talking type. About? You're always bossing me around because <sighs> you need it. We only oh! stand up when when it's necessary. <laughs> So, so my, my, I'm so sure, I have, I'm, I'm sure that's what Shut up for a second. I have like two minutes. So we have, I have a soft spot for him because of this. Okay. So I've learned that Hitler was an artist and he was a mama's boy. He wasn't okay. a, he wasn't a good artist. And he got rejected from art no, no, no. school. If you he had not got rejected sorry, from art I'm school. Sorry. Okay. Back up both of let's, you. Let's not take Tina out of context when she said, I got a soft spot for Hitler. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, no. Okay. <laughs> Do not. I do the quotes. I do the quotes that will not show up. But listen to me. Okay. It's a a great reminder. I would have gone back. If I could go back in time, I would go to the art school that rejected him. And and his career track to be an artist. And I would say, let him in. You know, he he can't quite color between the lines. No. Let's let's let him in. Stop. Stop right there. (laughs) What freaking good artist colors between the lines? Art is a perception. Of course, I was kidding with that. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, art is a perception. So he got rejected by, like, two different art schools, and it broke his heart. And he's a mama's boy, and his mom died of cancer. Like, I can wait, see. Wait, I'm sorry. Whoa, wait, there's whoa, so whoa. much Hitler I, sympathy here. I, I just feel. Are you saying he ended up the way he did 
and went on this rampage and, yes. and because he was rejected from art school. I think originally, a, originally. I think it's a little more complicated yeah, it, than that. It, <laughs> I'm just a saying there's a path. There's but there's a very clear path that people don't see. And it's ugh, whatever. But you know, I would also I say anything he did. I'm just saying somebody you, like that doesn't get to where they were without fully believing in their heart that they're doing the right thing. Oh yeah, he 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 believed he was doing the right thing. Of course he did. But does it make in, him evil? Yes, believing you're doing the right thing doesn't not okay. make you evil. Doesn't everybody think they're doing the right thing, no matter what they're doing? But if believing you're doing the right thing leads you to exterminating six billion people, I don't think that's okay. <laughs> but you don't think there were a lot of people that led him astray in that? Well, well, sure, but again. Because you believe I'm you're not doing taking, the right thing, I'm not mean taking you're doing the, the right absolute. Um, I'm not. I'm not absolving him from what he did. I'm just saying he could have lived a different life had he yes, had different mentors. Yes, I, I. I'll give you that. All right. And on Facebook, Mark says the thing is, if you kill Hitler, what other lives would you change? Maybe someone did something noble or generous because of Hitler, and now would not do it. I love him. Schindler man. Check out Thank Schindler. you. So, so again, it's, again. And also, I think you want to wonder about, would you uh, alter the space-time continuum? Mm-hmm. Right. We wouldn't be here now having this conversation. No idea. That was my point. Yeah. We wouldn't be here unless what happened. So interesting, uh, if you really want to explore this, uh, there's a, a novel called The Man in the High Castle. And there's a TV series. There's a series on uh, Amazon, Amazon yes. Fire, Amazon TV called "The Man in the High Castle," based on this novel. And in this novel, the Nazis won the war. Yes. And and the United States was basically divided between the Nazis and and the Japanese. And it's a really fascinating tale. Of Is it what, much different than we are right now? What would have? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Just what checking. are you talking Just about? Just checking. I mean, because we're pretty freaking divided. Well, great question. Yeah. We are divided, but at the same time, we're not oppressed. And everybody, be, you know, don't look at me that way. I don't like her in the same space. I like her back in Richmond. <laughs> because, yes, yes. Oh, because we have pretty pictures all around us. We're not listen, oppressed. Listen, yes, we are divided, but we are in a democracy. We live in the best, strongest we, country we in the all, world. No, I'm not saying that, but we all have a right to believe what we want to believe and we're not going to be in prison, jailed, tortured, or beaten because of it. We have amendment rights. You can say what you want to say. We wouldn't be having this podcast if we weren't in the country that we were. And we wouldn't be in the country that we were, honestly, if World War II hadn't happened. Okay. You know, there- I, I would say, right, and I think uh, it's a well- well-timed reference uh if you have not either read the book or tuned into the amazon series man in the high castle if you want some alternate nazi usa history it is a fantastic and compelling uh narrative so check it out cool i think that they they are now our second official sponsor stop (laughs) it they better be yes so to answer your question no i i would i would not have killed hitler as a baby because I don't, I honestly don't think it would change anything. I think the cult, I think the 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 impetus, uh, what had happened in terms of this upswelling against what was going on in Germany at the time would have still happened. And I think they would have found a voice and a face and a movement for it. So I don't. So I don't we're all think just pawns. Anything? No, I think history. I think as an evolutionary. In terms of evolutionary context, we humans are going to do what we're going to do, regardless of. 
who becomes the face of it. You know, we're going to evolve the way we evolved. If Attila Hun didn't exist, somebody else would have taken his place. So um, it's more of a human consciousness than exactly. it is an individual. Okay. Exactly. It's never about a person. It's about the consciousness of humanity where it is. And eventually someone will rise to represent that. If Martin Luther King Jr. didn't exist, somebody would have still, you know, the, the civil rights movements would have still happened. It wasn't about necess necessarily about him. It was mm -hmm. about the fact that, you know, eventually we got to a place where the where you know uh, the the minorities and 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 black people were like okay enough is enough we can't handle this mm -hmm. anymore and they found a voice in Martin Luther King but he wasn't the only one there were other people Thurgood sure. Martin no doubt of other no people doubt. who were voices and faces for the movement up, yeah. exactly so this is yeah. Malcolm X inspired Rustin all kinds of folks uh, comparing Trump but you know Trump has become the voice of people who feel like their time is they're they're not being represented that they're 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 not being acknowledged for you know whatever it is and and I think he in in many ways uh he's becoming the voice to face giving people permission to express those last gasps of discrimination and all that and that's going to come out into the open and and I truly believe and it doesn't matter if he becomes president or not I believe what's going to happen is, as generally, we as a country are going to say, this is not who we are, you know, and and there's going to be a shift. But again, it always gets worse before it gets better. History has proven that. It's a, it's a fascinating uh, idea. I love this. We could do a whole question on this. Uh, if certain figures in history had not lived or didn't exist, you know, where would history be? But I really find your argument compelling uh, that there's this impulse within humanity in general, but I also think we are gifted with some exceptional human beings who help, help us rise up quicker or help us get off track perhaps more than we might have had they not in, had they in particular not existed. Well said. And Brian, I think you're one that will help us rise up. I agree. I'm following you, my man. I'm following you. Hey. Back at your brother. Back at your brother. Well, yeah. folks, uh, we are at uh, at the hour for so. Thanks for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. We'd love you to connect and spread the word on social media. You can listen anytime at SoundCloud.com/slash Pub Theology Live or on your favorite podcast stream, Stitcher, iTunes, or other. You can. Find or create a pub theology in your town at pubtheology.com. And again, thanks to our sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Visit craftbeerseller.com for a location near you. And tune in next week to find out if you won free beer from Craft Beer Cellar. And we are out. Later, people. <laughs> Thank you.